The scripture passages that we heard tonight remind us of the terrible things that Jesus went through in a span of just about 24 hours. First, he was betrayed by a friend, Judas, one of the 12 disciples who had lived with him for three years, had traveled with him, um, had seen him perform miracles. He gave him up to be arrested in exchange for 30 pieces of silver, which uh, I looked that up. That's uh, about worth $400 today. And then the other 11 disciples, they scattered rather than stand with Jesus. Peter even denied that he knew Jesus at all three times repeatedly, even though he had promised beforehand that he would never deny Jesus. And then Jesus was treated unjustly by two of the institutions that were supposed to promote justice, uh, by the Sanhedrin, the Jewish council, and then by Pontius Pilate, who was part of the Roman government. So both the religious and the political authorities failed to do what was right. And then, of course, he was physically assaulted, he was beaten, slapped, spit on, flogged, mocked, belittled, and he was executed. And he was executed in a way that the Romans had designed to be as humiliating as possible. Uh, crucified criminals were hung up, naked, nails put through their hands and feet. And as Jesus' cry on the cross shows us, Jesus even felt abandoned by God the Father, who he had been in perfect unity with since, well, forever, for eternity. And Good Friday is the day when we remember all of this, and then we ask, what does it mean? And a passage that can help ans us answer that is 1 Peter 2, 23 through 25. I forgot my clicker. Thanks. Remembering the cross, Peter wrote this. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross. What happened on the cross is something more than just a man suffering. Of course, it was God in the flesh suffering. And it wasn't just God in the flesh suffering. It was God in the flesh bearing our sins in his body. What Peter is saying is that when we think of Jesus' suffering, we should see sin as the cause of that suffering. And not just the sin of Judas, or the sin of the Jewish Sanhedrin, or the sin of the Roman government, but also our sins in some way that we might not be able to fully understand on the cross Jesus was suffering for our sins too so when we think of those nails 
piercing Jesus' hands and feet. We shouldn't just think of them as being hammered by Roman soldiers. We should think of them as being hammered by our sin too. Right? The lies we've told. The injustices that we've committed. The injustices that we've been complacent about. All the, wo- all the words that we've spoken that have wounded people. Every time that we've fallen short of righteousness. All of our guilt. All of our shame. Peter is saying, on the cross, Jesus was bearing all of that in his body. The pastor and author Brian Zond puts it this way. He says, on Good Friday, the sin of the world coalesced into a hideous singularity. I want us to think about what it means to bear sin. When you think about it, God really only has two options for how to respond to our sin. With every act of evil, God can either punish the sinner or bear the sin himself. Punish the sinner or bear the sin himself. Now, we might ask, well, isn't there another option? I mean, couldn't God just forgive? Well, God can just forgive. But that requires him to bear The sin. That's what forgiveness is. Right? It's when we choose to bear someone's sin rather than punish them for it. An analogy that might help is to think of sin kind of like debt, monetary debt. Sin by its nature incurs a debt. Now, if you've racked up a lot of debt, there's only two options, right? Uh, You pay off the debt, or somebody else pays off that debt for you. Now you might say, well, why can't the people who I owe money to just forgive the debt? Why can't they do that? Well, maybe they could do that. But if they do, they will be paying your debt. Right? Because they will be absorbing it. If you owed them a million dollars and they say they, they just forgive that million dollars, that means they are going to have to bear the loss of that million dollars, right? There's no way around that. It will have to fall on them. And sin is like that. Every act of evil incurs a debt. And either the sinner needs to pay the debt, or the one who sinned against needs to bear the debt. There's no other option. If you've ever been sinned against by a close friend, or a parent, or a spouse, you get this, you understand this. When that happens, a spiritual debt is incurred. And dealing with that debt is not as simple as saying, well, I'll just forgive. Right? Because the debt is serious. You can forgive, but it requires suffering. You have to bear the other person's sin in your body. You have to absorb your feelings of anger. You have to absorb your desire to retaliate. You have to absorb the anger over the injustice. right? And you have to absorb all that within yourself before you can let it go and then enjoy that relationship again. 
If you have been wronged and you have any sense of justice at all, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know the process is painful. Now think about it this way. No one has a stronger sense of justice than God. Right? God is perfectly holy, perfectly righteous, and all of the sins that we commit against each other are also sins against him. Because there are sins against people whom God loves. And because of that, all of our sin incurs a debt with God. A debt that either we need to pay or God needs to bear. And there's no other option. And on the cross, we hear God saying, or we should, we should see, that God says, I will bear it. I will absorb it. I will take your debt on myself so that our relationship can be restored. When the sin of the world came upon Jesus, he did not unleash armies of angels to strike the Roman soldiers dead. Even though he told Peter on the night that he was arrested, he said, I could do that. I have the ability. But he didn't. When the insults were hurled at him, he didn't retaliate. He didn't make threats. He didn't call down curses or give them the finger. Instead, he prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. He bore the sin in his own body. He absorbed the debt. He just forgave. Do you feel like you're carrying a spiritual debt tonight? The usual ways that we feel that debt are guilt and shame. And it is very hard to carry guilt and shame. Guilt and shame can lead us to hate ourselves, which leads to anger problems. Guilt and shame can lead us to lie to ourselves and to lie to others, which makes it impossible for us to have real relationships with anybody. Guilt and shame can lead us to drugs and alcohol to try and numb the pain. Guilt and shame can lead us to depression. It can even lead us to want to die, to try and take our own lives. If you feel like you're carrying guilt and shame tonight, there's two possibilities. One, you are feeling guilt and shame for something that isn't actually your fault. Sometimes that happens. We do that sometimes and we shouldn't. But then there's the second possibility, which is that you've sinned and your feelings are reflecting something that is true, which is that you have incurred a debt. Your sin has incurred a debt. That is what sin does. And if that's you, tonight, I want to speak over you relief, hope, forgiveness. Right? Because the cross reveals to us, Jesus has done what is necessary, what is needed to absorb your debt. He doesn't deny the reality of your debt, but he takes it upon himself. He bears it in his body. 2 Corinthians 5.19 says, God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, 
not counting people's sins against them. God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Now, of course, this doesn't mean that our sins never have consequences. It doesn't mean that we don't have a, respons a responsibility to do what's right if we've wronged someone. But it means that God wants to free us from this debt that we carry. He wants to take that debt on himself, absorb it, and then welcome us into his family. The cross shows that to us. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. Now what does that mean, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness? Well, if you ended a relationship with someone and tried to completely cut them out of your life and out of your thoughts, you might say, that person is dead to me, right? That is the kind of attitude that Jesus wants us to have toward our sins. He wants us to be able to say, those are dead to me, because Jesus bore them in his body. Now, there's two aspects to being dead to sin. One is that we're freed from the guilt. But two, we're also freed from sin's control over us, its power over us. To be dead to sin is to have sin lose its appeal, to feel no need for it. That's why Peter says that Christ bore our sins so that we could live for righteousness. It sounds counterintuitive, but believing that we are forgiven is the first step toward actually living the kind of life that God wants us to live, a righteous life. If you really want to live a righteous life, you will not be able to do it if you think that God is condemning you. You might think you have the strength to do it, but you don't. If you really want to live righteously, you have to begin by recognizing that Christ bore your debt. He bore it in his body. You might think that your only hope of salvation is self-hatred and self-punishment and constant fear of condemnation, but that's not true. The cross shows us two things. One, our sin creates an enormous debt. But two, God's love is big enough to pay it. Lord, I pray that tonight, if, none of, if some of us here have never really experienced the freedom that comes from trusting that you have bore our sin in your body, that you have paid the price in full. Lord, I pray that we would experience the relief and joy tonight. Lord, this is a night where we mourn. We mourn our sin. We mourn the debt that it incurs. We grieve it. But Lord, we also come together to recognize that you have paid the price. And that should fill us with peace. Lord, 
Help us to recognize tonight that you have done everything to reconcile us to yourself. In Jesus' name, amen.